Good evening, saints, here at Advent Evangelical Lutheran Church. Good to see you this evening. Tonight we have an informational meeting prepared for you relating to the opening of the doors uh, here at our parish. Uh, this is, uh, in some respects, uh, an exciting time uh, because, uh, well, it's just time to get back to church. So we're going to walk you through that plan here this evening. Uh, before I begin, um, I have with me here this evening Pastor Jim Grady, um, our uh, assistant pastor. I also have uh, Mr. Steve Boatman, our head elder, and the chairman of our congregation, Mr. Chuck Long. Uh, you'll see and hear from all four of us uh, throughout the course of this meeting. Please note as well that if you have any questions or concerns, uh, please text them, and you'll see the number up on your screen, 317-847-7215 or you may email them, and that'll come directly to my phone, mckay.adventlutheran.org. Dear Advent family, perhaps it has felt like an eternity, but it was just eight weeks ago on March 11th that all services and activities here at Advent Evangelical Lutheran Church and School were canceled. In the midst of the affliction we have faced because of the COVID-19 pandemic, the word of the Lord yet rings loud and true. 2 Corinthians 4. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Let us pray. Almighty God, Heavenly Father, give us grace to trust you during this time of illness and distress. In mercy, put an end to the pandemic that afflicts us. Grant relief to those who suffer, and comfort all who mourn and are downtrodden. Sustain all medical personnel in their labors, and cause your people ever to serve you in righteousness and holiness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. The best of news is not what was announced by Governor Holcomb on Friday, May 1st. The best of news is what Christ our Savior has done for you, nay, for the whole world. Through his incarnation into our flesh, his complete fulfillment of holy law, the Lamb of God hung in utter distress upon Calvary's tree, bearing all punishment and sin upon his sacrificial shoulders. And he did this for you. Into death and the grave he descended, being raised for our justification. The best of news is his complete justification for you. To be received by faith. You covered in holy baptism. You absolved through his life-giving word and fed into your very mouths. Good news indeed. First Peter 4. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. For the past eight weeks, his word has continued to be preached and taught according to its truth and purity, and his sacraments have been rightly administered here at Advent Evangelical Lutheran Church. Granted, this has taken place over the internet and in private gatherings of individual households, 
through absolution and the sacrament. And oh, how we yearn for the opportunity to gather together again in our beloved sanctuary, receiving his gifts without restriction or encumbrance. And should our Lord yet tarry in his return, that day, dear members, will come. By now, most of you have probably heard or read of Indiana's stages for reopening. While some of you might chafe at the restrictions from the state and federal government to date, we do not believe that we as churches are being persecuted for our faith and doctrine and practice. God's holy word teaches us, Titus 3 verse 1, be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good. 1 Peter 2, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. And Ephesians 4 verse 2, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bear with one another in love. Accordingly, we, Advent Evangelical Lutheran Church, have thus far followed the recommendations and guidelines sent forth by our governor and federal government. And so, when will we be able to gather together again in our beloved sanctuary, receiving his gifts without restriction or encumbrance? This may be the foremost question on our minds and hearts. After careful consideration and consolation with the pastors, the board of elders, our chairman, as well as a sampling of current active and practicing physicians in our parish, we humbly now submit the following plan to you for reopening our church doors. Please note that we cannot address all the many variables and details associated with reopening. <laughs> Be smart. <laughs> Use common sense. Use your best judgment. Details will be addressed further, and at the bottom of the document that I'm reading from, which is available over our website, and with which you should have received in your email inbox uh, earlier this afternoon, there is a Q&A section which attempts to break out, anticipate some questions that you might have. So what we are going to present to you now here is that overview of our plan that has been mutually agreed upon. And for that, I'd like to introduce our congregational chairman, Mr. Chuck Long. Chuck? Good evening, everyone, and thanks for watching. I'm going to discuss uh, stages one and two of bringing everybody back to, um, uh, into our church for services and things. Uh, the stage one is uh, what we really started with from March 11th and will go through May 9th. Uh, school and church close with only essential staff working. Uh, services and Bible classes streamed online. Absolution sacrament available by appointment for individual households under 10 persons at a time. And now moving to stage two, which will begin May 10th through May 23rd. Uh, schools remain closed. Church office reopens with normal hours of eight to four o'clock. Even though the state of Indiana is allowing churches to reopen, the restrictions on social gatherings is limited to 25 instead of 10. The spirit of the law is best understood as services such as weddings, funerals, and baptisms. We read the following from the state of Indiana. Religious services may convene inside places of worship. There are specific practices that should be considered for in-person services 
that are driven by social distancing guidelines and protections for those 65 and older and individuals with high-risk medical conditions. Examples of services include weddings, funerals, and baptisms. And then there's a, a site that you can go to, to uh, for more information there if you want to take a look at the, uh, the printouts. It's not feasible nor advisable there to therefore reopen our church doors just yet for the following reasons. We would need at least 12 services on Sunday based on the attendance limitations. It would be difficult to clean and provide a safe environment. We are in the process of installing permanent cameras and equipment for continued streaming of services, which, may, uh, which many will still need for the foreseeable future. Uh, currently, we have wires, mics, and cameras draped over pews and the floor, which would be hazardous for worshipers, and it'd be easy to trip upon those things. Uh, as such, and for the same, for the time being, we'll continue stage one practice of streaming the Sunday divine service and offering absolution and sacri uh, the sacrament by appointment. So, uh, but this should quickly pass, and then we'll get into stages uh, three through five. I'd like to introduce Steve Voltman. Uh, our uh, Board of Elders Chairman. Thank you. Thank you, Chuck. Good evening, everyone. Uh, by way of introduction for the next three stages, um, I would be remiss not to point out that I know many of you are very much looking forward to coming back and worshiping together as one church community here at Advent. And what I'm about to read forward uh, is, is our plan and with all due respect, that plan really cannot be enacted uh, without your full cooperation and support. Uh, what I'm going to read to you forward is the first opportunity that we are going to have collectively together uh, in stage three here on your sheets, if you're following, uh, covering Sundays, May 24, May 31, and June the 7th. Per the state guidelines, uh, social gatherings are now increased up to 100 and we feel safely and in good conscience we can provide opportunities for all of us once together to come back under those guidelines. This is going to again be services capped at 100 with a sign-up genius possible. The link is there. Uh, more on that to come in a moment. Um, here's where we need your cooperation and help. One of the things we've all been working on is trying to figure out what is the best approach to, pact to practice, excuse me, um, cleanliness within the congregation, with, within our organization, within the sanctuary, as well as respect for one another with that spacing. So we're asking you, if possible, to bring with you hand sanitizers and a few disinfectant wipes in a Ziploc bag. Uh, as you know, these items are in short supply, so we're not entirely sure that we can provide that for everybody, but we will try to do our best and donations will be gladly accepted. We are again asking you to kindly and graciously follow and practice social distancing guidelines. Masks, as you know, are a hot topic these days. They are, are absolutely being encouraged to be worn, but we also acknowledge and note that not all members may choose to do so. So if you are uncomfortable with this, please continue to shelter in place at home because we will absolutely be continuing our streaming of the services. So your ability to watch these services online uh, is, is remaining and also you'll be able to continue to schedule time for absolution and the sacrament. We are going to keep our restrooms open at this time, but understand that's going to be at your own risk, as we will not necessarily be able to properly sanitize and clean these during and even between the services on Sunday morning. Rest assured, however, that all areas 
uh, throughout the church where we will have contact are going to absolutely be cleaned and sanitized in preparation for Sundays. Once again, according to the current state and CDC guidelines, please consider not attending under the following circumstances. If you are high risk and are over the age of 65, if recently you have had a new cough, shortness of breath, fever, chills, muscle pains, headache, sore throat, diarrhea, nausea, or a new loss of taste or smell within the last 14 days. We can't stress enough that it, it is really us relying upon you to use your best judgment for you and your family members to adjudicate the state of your own health and for the benefit of your neighbor. It is absolutely not sinful to continue to shelter in place if you have concerns. Participating in the divine service from home or via our stream services and are making use of the offered opportunities for individual absolution and the sacrament, again, are remaining as needed. Beginning May 24, Sunday forward, and for the following two Sundays thereafter, May 31 and June 7, we are going to open our doors and offer a 45-minute divine service at the following times, 8.15 a.m., 9.30 a.m., 10.45 a.m. Again, in order to attend one of these services, because we are capping them at 100, you will need to sign up via the link below, or you can call the pastors or the church office. At this point in time during stage three, there will not be any Bible class, fellowship, or Sunday school. We are implementing social measuring, excuse me, social distancing measures as follows. We are asking you, as part of this procedure, to kindly not to enter the church 10 minutes prior, or uh, not to enter church no earlier than 10 minutes before the scheduled service begins. It is our intention at this point in time to try to have the doors open, so physically, in principle, you should not have to touch the door upon entering. We are asking you to understand the following, that we will not and do not want to have a typical Sunday-type congregation uh, within the narthex itself. We're asking you to enter the church proceed directly into the sanctuary, and do not congregate or gather in other parts of the church. The order of service is going to be printed for you in paper format for you to pick up as individuals or for your family. We will be removing hymnals, Bibles, tracts, and the attendance books within the pews themselves. As we were doing before, unfortunately, we had to close the church, we will have offering plates in the Narthex area for you to drop your contribution as desired. Regarding seating within the sanctuary, you may sit anywhere within the sanctuary in the pews that are not marked with blue painter's tape. Again, asking you as a family individual or family unit member to maintain approximately six feet of separation from other parishioners. To clarify, when you enter the sanctuary, it will appear as open seating as if you were entering a normal pew. Just please make attention and make a purpose to look for the blue tape. Households may sit together, but we're asking you as a household, therefore, to maintain separation from other individuals and within other households. If you have questions about this, which is understandable, or need assistance when seating, we've worked this operation out and, and trained with the elders, and the elders will be present to advise you, guide you, and help you to find your seat as needed. In some cases, do understand that we may ask certain individuals or family units to perhaps separate a little bit more trying to do our best to maintain social distancing guidelines wherever and whenever possible. For communion specifically, 
An usher or elder is going to direct you and your household to come forward down the center aisle. Maintaining separation and moving forward towards the chancel, you will await the pastor's invitation to come forward. As he has directed you forward, please come forward on the side of which you are, where a tray will be placed on a stand in front of you, which contains our Lord's body and blood. At the pastor's direction, you may eat and drink of our Lord's precious body and blood. And please note that for the sake of social distancing and sanitary practices, we are not going to be using the chalice, for we will not, and we also will not be kneeling at the communion rail for these three Sundays during stage three. After communion, you would return to your pew location as you normally would, and we're asking you then to drop the individual glass, the individual cups, in a bowl placed off the side. In these bowls will be containing a sanitizing solution. So we know it's, it's very common, for example, for little children to enjoy putting the little cup back where it goes. In this particular case, let's understand it's a sanitizing solution. We're asking you not to, uh, to let the children touch or play in that arena. Once the service has concluded, we're asking for a couple additional extra steps, which again are, are not necessarily in the norm today. We're asking you to please wait patiently in the pew until such a time where you will be directed by an elder or usher to lead the service. While waiting, we are asking you to use any disinfectant wipes that you have brought with you and to wipe down the area where you have been sitting and any parts of that area where you have, where you, that you have touched. Again, this is important because what we're trying to do is maintain a clean area for the next sets of parishioners to enter our church. Once you have been dismissed by the usher or elder, please depart immediately through the narthex and to the parking lot area. Once everyone has left the sanctuary, the ushers and elders are going to then proceed to clean and ready the sanctuary for the next service. Again, congregating after the service in the sanctuary, the narthex, or other parts of the church are going to be discouraged. Stage four, covering the dates of June 14 to July 4th, or specifically the Sundays of June 14, June 21, and June 28th. Per state guidelines, social gatherings are now going to be increased to 250. So in a sense, this will become our first normal schedule of Sunday divine services at our normal times of 815 and 1045. No signup will be required. We are still encouraging social distancing measures. Uh, during stage four, we will not be having Bible class, fellowship, or Sunday school. The offering plates will remain in the back of the narthex for you to deposit uh, your offerings. We will be returning hymnals and Bibles back into the, into the sanctuary for use. We will be returning the chalice to the Holy Sacrament and we will be allowing kneeling at the communion rail uh, as is normal for distribution of the communion for, for, by the pastors. Uh, once again, we will be asking you and your households where possible to wipe down and disinfect the areas where you have been sitting. And this would also now include any hymnals and, and pew areas as such as you have, have, you have touched uh, before departing the sanctuary. In principle, as I mentioned, this is sort of our first return to a normalcy. So June 14, we hope will be a grand and glorious service. Uh, barring any changes from the state regarding the COVID-19 pandemic. Finally, stage five, July 5 forward. Services will continue as before. We will still be continuing to suggest and offer uh, maintaining social distancing measures wherever appropriate. 
We will resume at this point in time in July Bible study and fellowship between services. Uh, be, being in, in the month of July at this point in time, we are at this point uh, suggesting that there will not be any Sunday school offered because that's really when summer begins. However, we are considering some other measures around this, so this is subject to change at this point in time. So in summary, we ask for your help here to be patient as we slowly begin to reopen our doors through the measures that we've just walked through. We are attempting to honor our authorities and absolutely we're trying to protect our neighbors. That is to say, you are parishioners by maintaining social distancing practices wherever that we can, but still being able to come and worship together. For those that are still sheltering in place, either by choice or unfortunately by illness, always know that we are absolutely going to continue to stream our services online and we will always be continuing to offer our individual and household opportunities for absolution and the sacrament. Thank you for your time. This is our current plan moving forward. Again, just as the state is monitoring what is happening with the COVID-19 pandemic, and as we see sort of reopenings and social gatherings begin to increase, this unfortunately, which we hope does not occur, could mean increases in the incidence rates that we see. So we will be continuing to monitor this with the United Department of Health and the state, but we hope that this will all continue to move in a positive direction and that we don't have to alter these plans going forward. So please use common sense and good judgment for you and your family, and we hope to see you soon on the horizon here at Advent. Thank you. Thank you, Steve and uh, Chuck as well. Uh, at this point uh, here for our meeting, we're going to be doing Q&A. So I've already had a few questions uh, from some of you that are popping up on my phone. I had a few that came in before the meeting, so uh, we're going to roll through these questions, and uh, I'm going to ask uh, a few of our other uh, brothers gathered here to uh, address uh, each of those. Uh, if we need to powwow, we certainly will. Uh, first question from a member, uh, hello, I am eager to worship together again and grateful for your thoughtful plan moving forward. One aspect I did not see addressed is singing and its implication in terms of passing the virus. I have seen many articles about this and would encourage you to do research regarding the safety of singing in groups. Uh, thank you very much for that question. I uh, actually had another uh, text that just came in uh, pretty much asking the same question about singing. Um, and so I'm going to invite, uh, uh, how about our head, head elder? You feel comfortable answering that one? Okay. Uh, Steve, if you would come back forward and uh, chat with the congregation a little bit about singing. Thank you, Pastor, for the question, and thank you to whomever or the groups that, that, have, that have raised that question for us. Um, as you may have heard, uh, we convened a group of us, namely the pastors, the elders, our congregational chairman, and uh, a few of our select of Advent's very own practicing physicians as we began to put these plans together. Uh, one of the things that we have always been concerned about is, is proximity, proximity in terms of seating, and proximity in terms of uh, abilities for families to sort of safely social distance. And because of that and because of the advice that we have been given uh, by our physicians, note that first things first, we simply are not reopening as quickly as we possibly can. We are purposely taking a staged approach. Stage three forward beginning later in May will allow us also to see what's happening out there in these environments to hopefully watch these, uh, these rates to continue to go down in terms of infection rates. But here is the specific answer to the question with respect to singing. Number one, we believe uh, with the procedures and policies that we put in place with social distancing, 
that we have enough space between everyone such that singing can be allowed. And again, remember, we are also encouraging the use and wearing of masks where appropriate. To that point, uh, we are not reconvening the choir at this time where in theory, we would be singing in ensemble form standing shoulder to shoulder. So we believe that the procedures that we have put in place thus far, again with your cooperation, to maintain effectively social distance between household families within the congregation beginning then in May 24 forward will be a safe approach where we can worship all together. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Steve. And uh, thank you for those uh, two questions as well about singing. Um, another question here, and I think uh, uh, Mr. Chairman, I'm gonna let you uh, take this one. Uh, from a member that was, has been watching the governor's broadcasts, uh, and I believe those have been daily, if I understand it. I, I've tried to catch the Thursday or Friday broadcast uh, myself. And uh, a little bit of paraphrase here, so uh, for those of you who uh, don't, don't quote anything here that I'm reading, and for the person that sent this email, um, hopefully I represent uh, your question uh, correctly. Um, the... Uh, the governor said, uh, let's see, uh, did it, hold on one second. Um, a question was asked him about why churches were the first ones that were going to be allowed to open completely, whereas the rest of the state with businesses and that sort of thing um, are opening in stages. Um, and, and of course, just to clarify, um, we are not doing what some of the churches will probably be doing in terms of fully opening. We are opening in stages according with uh, the social distancing guidelines. Uh, but the governor gave the impression, this person writes, um, that, uh, uh, let's see, that uh, he wants churches to open with bigger groups to gauge how the whole reopening of the state will go. Uh, question is this, uh, it sounds to this person like the governor uh, wants us as churches to move up our timetable. And so question is simply, should we consider moving up our timetable uh, based on those co comments by the governor? I, I, I hope I conveyed, I didn't want to read your whole email to the member that sent that to me. I hope I conveyed that properly. You want to address that real quick, Chuck? I think we're uh, taking a fairly conservative approach here, and we have reviewed this with a number of the doctors in our congregation to try to come up with a safe response here for all of our parishioners. And uh, I think if you look at the timing on it, it's just a matter of a week or so probably kind of difference, maybe two weeks as to where we bring the whole congregation back together. And a lot of a thought has went into it uh, uh, between our pastors and our uh, uh, chairman of the Board of Elders here to try to balance this. We're all anxious to get back to our services. I think they've done a great job on the quality of the video for the online uh, services. But we, we just talked about that before we got together tonight, how we're all anxious to get back together. But we don't want to put anybody in jeopardy of uh, being exposed to this virus. So I'm really comfortable with the approach that we're taking here. It's, it's methodical and it's, I think, pretty well researched here. So hopefully you'll feel the same way.
Hey, uh, thank you, uh, dear member, for your question, and uh, thank you, Chuck, uh, for your response to that. Uh, another question that came in, how should one volunteer to usher at the service they have selected during stage three? Or will ushers be contacted individually by the church beforehand? And, okay, we'll uh, let our head elder come back up. Uh, just one more uh, reminder before he comes up. At the bottom of the document are questions and answers. Um, and so please take the time to read through those. We decided we weren't going to go through all of that in detail at this meeting. Um, so some of the questions that you may have if you're getting ready to text or email might be there. Uh, Mr. Votman, you want to talk a little bit about uh, the ushers and when we'll be using them and not? Thank you, Pastor. And once again, thanks for the question coming in. Um, as many of you are probably aware, it is indeed the charter of the, of the Board of Elders to ensure the, uh, the, the worship service uh, proceeds as it can and as it normally should, and that also, also involves the use of elder, excuse me, ushers throughout the services. Uh, to be frank, the, the short answer is we, the elders, will be contacting the ushers at the appropriate time frame. And given that there does indeed need to be some specific instructions specifically within stage three, Right now, what I believe is going to happen is it will be only the elders that will be responsible for the direction, the seating, uh, the communion process and procedures during the stage three timeline. And then beginning in stage four forward, meaning in June forward, is when we will resume uh, our normal ushering schedule, albeit revised because dates have now slipped and moved, but uh, Andy Fordyce on, on our elders is, in, is on point for that schedule. So in short, look for an email from us, and right now the current thinking is that it's going to be, again, elders only for stage three for those three services, and then beginning with stage four forward in June, we will resume our normal uh, usher service activities. Thank you. Thank you for your question, and uh, thank you, uh, Steve, uh, for your response uh, to that. Um, just on a side note, it might be good to mention, up until June 14th, not only are uh, the elders going to be serving as ushers, traffic control, and assisting you with seating and anything you may need, but uh, we will not be using the altar guild yet either. Um, so once we're back on June 14th, when we, when we truly get back to having kind of normal Sunday services, we'll get back to having the normal schedules for altar guild for ushers and that sort of thing, okay? Uh, question here, Pastor Grady, this might be a good question for you because you're, you're my senior. <laughs> okay, let's see. Uh, here, oh, oh, there it is, okay. Here's the question, Pastor Grady. For those of us over 65 and in excellent health, when will we be able to worship in the sanctuary? Pastor Grady, come on up. Now you can see, if you don't know me, why, as the assistant, I'm his senior. Um, I myself am 61 and was uh, put on the list as uh, vulnerable at the beginning of this. Um, if you're 65 or over and you're in excellent health, meaning you don't have any of those uh, pre-existing conditions of high blood pressure, diabetes, or other type of things, um, we would ask that you simply use your best judgment. Um, it, I mean, we won't tell you no. We would encourage you, though, to, you know, consider all the risks. Um, I mean, that, that's what you must do. Uh, same as we would encourage anybody that's 
35 to uh, assess their risk of giving it to another. Um, I might bring up one point about masks. If you're thinking you're gonna come and I'm over 60 or 65 and I'll wear a mask to protect myself. Um, the wearing of masks by individuals in public, the mask that they wear protects outgoing germs from them. It's a much higher percentage of protection for the people around them that may not be wearing a mask. So you it's harder to protect yourself with a mask. It's, it's better for someone to protect you by them wearing a mask. Um, the example I've used is in a hospital setting, if you take a patient with tuberculosis out of their isolation room, you put a mask on them. So if they cough, it's captured and it doesn't get out to everybody else. You don't put a mask on everybody in the hall if they go by. So that, give that some thought to anybody wearing masks. But if you're in reasonably good health, um, not a, you know, no pre-existing conditions, um, they would tell you that there is still a risk there. Weigh that risk. Uh, with your desire to come and know that we will still visit you. You can still sign up and, and come and receive the Lord's body and blood and absolution uh, privately. You know, at, at a sign-up time, we'll still be doing that. So there are ways there, and we will have much better video very shortly. Thank you. Okay, thank you for the question, and uh, thank you, Pastor Grady, uh, for the excellent answer. Um, next question that has just come in, will Wednesday morning Bible study be done on YouTube as well? Uh, we miss the studies, and we may not uh, quickly join a larger group. Um, so what's going on with Wednesday Bible study, I think, is the question. Since I teach that one most of the time, and Pastor Greedy uh, uh, does uh, when I'm unable, um, I'm going to go ahead and take that one, if that's okay, gentlemen. Um, the, the original plan, if you go back and read any of the original documents, um, I told you that we were going to continue Wednesday Bible study over YouTube. Uh, and so the first thing I want to do is apologize because um, I have not done that. We have not done Wednesday morning Bible studies. And a couple of reasons for that. Um, number one, uh, the whole audiovisual thing. Um, we are still working kind of off of a piecemeal system. And, and I know that it's gotten better. Um, we have had a couple of generous donations that uh, have covered the cost of some excellent cameras, computer equipment, um, and that has all been ordered and should arrive at the end of this week and next week. And so during the next couple of weeks, uh, we will have uh, PTZ, broadcast quality cameras, installed kind of in the back of the sanctuary. We'll also have one here at the back of the fellowship hall and one at the back of the library. Um, and that will enable us now to uh, very easily uh, record uh, even ourselves. So even if only one pastor is here, and keep in mind we haven't had a lot of people coming in and out of church to help with these things. Um, my son Matthias has done the bulk of that work. Uh, Phil Lehman has also helped out behind the scenes. So thanks to both of you. Uh, for your time and your labor uh, of love uh, doing that. Um, so within the next two weeks, if you, could, if you could be patient for two more weeks, once we get this new equipment in place, um, I promise you that we will resume Wednesday Bible study, um, not only in person, because after a few weeks, we would, we'll be well under that number. We, we don't have 25, I think, that come to that anyway. So my thought on this, and I need to run this by the elders because it didn't come up uh, on our agenda, 
would be that we could probably reconvene Wednesday morning Bible study if we practice social distancing. Perhaps we do it in the fellowship hall instead of the library so we can spread out a little bit. At the same time, we could record that uh, so those that um, um, choose not to come in you know, or are sheltering in place, you can still participate that way. The second reason, other than this whole thing being... Um, for us as pastors, uh, and, and this is, might be difficult for some of you to understand, we have actually been busier now than we were before. Um, I can't remember the last day that I have not been into church to take care of something for the last three weeks uh, or, or longer, uh, and Pastor Grady as well. Um, it's been a whole different type of work, um, and uh, we're, <laughs> we're going to breathe a big sigh of relief <laughs> when a lot of this is done. And I'm sure it's been the same for you with your jobs and your vocations or if you're managing kids at home. Um, so, you know, when this first came about, I thought, oh, well, this will be nice. I'll start working on my dissertation and I can get my garage organized. And yeah, that hasn't happened. So, um, so I apologize we haven't done that. Stay tuned. It will not be much longer. We will restart Wednesday Bible study and make sure it's recorded, okay? The other thing that I've that I that is difficult with Bible study is when we have like Wednesday morning we talk, <laughs> we engage, and so just talking to a camera is difficult for me as a teacher. And uh, for those of you that are teachers having to do online stuff, um, I think you can relate to that. Okay, uh, let's see if I have any more. I think I've covered all the questions that were texted or emailed to me. Oh, wait a minute. Let's see, did I miss? No, volunteer. Okay. If you have any other questions um, or if I have not received uh, what you sent me, uh, please send that in. Um, let's see, we covered singing. Give me one second here. Somebody had a question of why the governor singled out weddings, baptisms, and funerals. Do any of you want to tackle that one? <laughs> any of you know the governor personally? <laughs> Nobody wants to take that question. Well, they can't hear you, so um, you, do you want to? You want to? Okay. You, why don't I let you read the text first? Okay. Um, no, I think, I think the main reason that might have been done, and, and this goes to uh, family members who have, uh, of which we've had a few who have lost a loved one in the past four weeks, uh, maybe not even related to COVID, but um, when you've lost a loved one, part of that grieving process is being able to have some sort of church service uh, and assurance of, you know, God's gracious gift of eternal life. And as Christians, we do that with a funeral, um, and to not be able to have that uh, is distressful, quite frankly. Um, so I, I think the governor in saying, you can go ahead with your wedding, you can go ahead with a funeral, um, is a great blessing for those families to be able to gather at least 25 people right away that might have been putting this off uh, and, and thinking they can only get 10 or maybe five at a time into a room. So, so I think um, that, that was a, a gracious thing to do. Um, in terms of otherwise seemingly not putting numbers on churches and saying, 
go at it on Sunday. Um, there may have been, been a, a little bit of religious liberty thought there, but um, it, it also as, as churches, I don't think we want to abuse that privilege. Uh, I think that's why we're taking kind of a slow roll to make sure we're doing the right thing and being uh, generous to our neighbor and trying to keep our neighbor safe as well. So that, that's my personal thoughts. I, I can't put thoughts into who's... Sure, sure. Uh, thank you for the question. Thank you, Pastor Grady, for the answer. And uh, somebody actually texted in an additional answer that uh, perhaps putting the best possible construction on what was uh, given as guidelines just had to do with what services would have bigger crowds and what wouldn't. So it was just about perhaps getting the number of people together. Okay? Okay, I do not have any other questions uh, or text, emails or texts that have come through. Um, if I am missing anything and you have sent it, please resend it. Um, I'll give uh, here just uh, take 30 seconds to a minute or so. Um, and perhaps while I'm waiting for some of that, um, would uh, uh, any or all of you like to come forward for any, Pastor Grady is gonna close us here with prayer. Uh, but any personal comments or anything you'd like to share with the congregation? Mr. Votman, our head elder. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, just a brief comment on behalf of, of this journey that we've been on, uh, and certainly, as you all know, because it's all touched you all very personally, uh, it's very safe to say that we have really never been in these circumstances before and have something like this come and disrupt our lives like it has. Going back to the original meeting that we had where uh, Chuck and I had to look at two pastors who, trust me when I say, were in not the greatest of moods understanding that we were going to be needing to close uh, this church and not allow people to congregate was not one of our finest moments, but it was the right approach to take. It doesn't mean that what we are moving forward with to everyone out there right now feels like the right approach to you. Uh, I think it's important that you all understand that just as on the one hand, I'll speak for myself, I am very much looking forward to coming back to church uh, with joy to be able to worship uh, once again in our sanctuary. There are others of you out there who also may be wondering and concerned and not knowing yet exactly where this is going to go. The good news is, based upon the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross, neither one of our consciences is bound. We are free, which means we are free to come here if we feel comfortable in doing so, and with knowing that our neighbor is going to look out for, for me, just like I'm going to look out for them when we're here in the sanctuary. And those of you who still have concerns, you can just continue to do what we've been doing, which is worshiping through our online service, taking advantage of the individual uh, confession and absolutions as needed and the sacraments that are occurring here at church. Finally, uh, Pastor McKay and Pastor Grady, at least Pastor McKay was being modest when he said it, um, to say these two individuals who have been taking care of the flock uh, haven't been busy would be a gross, gross understatement. What these two uh, selfless individuals have done in, in honoring their call has been nothing short of phenomenal. They have spent tireless hours here for all of us to be able to offer just what I have said. You can come here and sign up to church and receive the holy sacraments as you see fit and receive confession and absolution. I'm very thankful for them. I'm very thankful that they accepted their call when they took their call. 
And to that end, and to my elders uh, who are out there who have helped us to put this together with our, with our physicians, and also uh, notwithstanding with, with consult with you know, the English district and the synod as well, um, we will be reaching out as elders to our individual members uh, by assignment. We know that as you're seeing this for the first time, it's very likely you might have some more questions that you can't get out today, and that's fine. So know that we will be contacting you, uh, and if we can't get the answer to you right away in some shape or form, we will certainly follow up with you as soon as we can. So I just want to say on behalf of the elders, thank you for, for your uh, forthcoming patience as we move forward in this stage matter, and at some point down the road, uh, we look forward to seeing everybody back here at Advent Lutheran. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Long. Appreciate uh, Mr. Long. Mr. Voteman. Thank you very much. You know, there, there are, I, I can count on just a couple of fingers some of the most difficult pastoral moments um, of the time that I've served. Um, the first two, all of you could probably guess, the death of a child. Secondly, the death of someone that you know really well in the congregation that is cut down in their prime. Um, this COVID situation would be in my top three. It would be my third one, I think. Um, the decision that we had to make to close <laughs> and now even this process of reopening, which I'm looking forward to, um, I, I don't like stages. I want to jump back in with both feet. I want things the way they used to be. And, and that's the, the sinner in me. The sinner doesn't like change, doesn't like having to deal with that. But in the midst of all that, the hope and the peace that we have through Jesus Christ, our Lord, is ours. It's yours. And so be patient. Um, the Lord is bigger than all of this. And he will provide a way forward. Um, and we, we, will, we will cling to what Christ has done for us. Okay? Amen? Amen. One last question that came in in the midst of all that. Uh, simply, and it was a point of, of clarification. Uh, to clarify, it is recommended to wear a mask not required. Correct? Correct. We, um, we have chosen not we wanted to be very careful with laying down law and rules. We also are following the guidelines, and it's not required that if you go to church, you have to wear a mask. Is it recommended? Yes. And uh, after you get done, rewind and listen to what Pastor Grady had to say about that, okay? Um, and if you feel like wearing a mask in church would be sinful in any way, shape, or form, absolutely not. Uh, so follow your conscience, use your best judgment, uh, be smart, um, and that's probably about all I can say about that, gentlemen, okay? All right. Uh, I do not have any other questions or comments, so Pastor Grady, would you like to uh, speak a little bit and or close us with prayer, okay? Thank you all for your time and attention tonight. Uh, please don't forget about the questions and answers at the end of the document, and uh, we'll see you soon. Pastor Grady? The last thing I would like to say is 
Um, as you've gone through this past four, six weeks maybe, and uh, I think we've all probably had some feelings of depression, of loneliness, of what is next, um, always remember that as a baptized child of Christ, your life is hidden in Christ. Um, all together, we are hidden in Christ. So I offer you these uh, wonderful words of gospel. In thine arms I rest me, those who would molest me cannot reach me here. Though the earth be shaking, every heart be quaking, Jesus calms my fear. Lightnings flash and thunders crash, yet though sin and hell assail me, Jesus will not fail me. Satan, I defy thee, death I now decry thee, fear I bid thee cease. World, thou shalt not harm me, nor thy threats alarm me, while I sing of peace. God's great power guards every hour, earth and all its depths adore him, silent bow before him. Hence all fear and sadness, for the Lord of gladness, Jesus enters in. Those who love the Father, though the storms may gather, still have peace within. Yea, whate'er I here must bear, thou art still my purest pleasure. Jesus, priceless treasure. Let us pray. Almighty God, merciful Father, your thoughts are not our thoughts, and your ways are not our ways. In your wisdom, you have permitted this pandemic to befall us. Keep all of us from despair, and do not let our faith fail us, but sustain and comfort us. Direct all efforts to attend to the sick, console the bereaved, and protect the helpless. Deliver any who are still in danger and bring hope and healing that we may find relief and restoration. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Peace be with you. Amen.